Um, so I'm going to be teaching about Matthew 18, 10 through 14. Um, but I have to share that if you haven't listened to Rob and to John's sermons, go back and do it now. Um, so John's sermon made everybody cry. It made me cry listening to it in the car. And then Rob's sermon made everybody think about things differently. So my hope is that my sermon will maybe make you laugh, but also feel some empathy for ourselves and for those around us. And again, laugh a little bit because my stand-up comedy career has been in hiatus since the pandemic. Um, So the scripture... It's interesting because I feel like we've all, if you grew up in church at least, probably heard this scripture a lot. Um, It's about, um, it's the parable where Jesus talks about the owner of the sheep leaving to go find the one sheep that left the flock. Um, So when I read the scripture the first time, of course I was like, yeah, I'd love to preach about this because I was automatically thinking about the, the sermon from the perspective of the sheep that left because I think that's usually how we're taught about this, this scripture. But the longer that I thought about it and the more that I prayed about it, I actually felt more attuned with the 99 sheep. So let's listen to the scripture and think about you know, who you feel more attuned to today whether it's the 99 or the one sheep. So Matthew 18, 10 through 14. See that you do not look down on one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth. He is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. So when I read through that, I'd never noticed that, at least whenever I was younger, I never noticed that part about he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99. And so I was like, I'm kind of mad on behalf of the 99 that didn't leave, that didn't do anything wrong. But before we go any further, I'd love to hear if anything stands out to y'all listening to that scripture today compared to maybe hearing it when you were younger. It's okay. There's no right answer. Mm-hmm. The heart of the Father is mm-hmm. for the restoration of all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Rob shared that in verse 14, the focus is more about the heart of the Father's being about restoration for all. Yeah, I like that. Anything else that stands out to y'all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Holly's saying that this, that this parable does start off with still talking about the children from the connection before, or the parable before, but then immediately goes into talking about the sheep. So are the sheep children? I don't know. Um, 
Thank you all for sharing. I think when I read this growing up, um, like I've already said, I remember the sermons being focused on the one sheep that's being chased after, um, which is so common, you know, in history and stories and even in songs that we're thinking about the one that has left or the one that um, is desirable over the others. Um, And so I have to just ask, who has read or watched the literary great masterpiece of Twilight? Yes. So for anyone who hasn't read or watched it, I'll give you a little synopsis that this very plain, ordinary high school girl is chosen out of everyone as the, as the person that a vampire named Edward is in love with, and he's willing to change his entire life for her. And if you read the books, it's from her perspective, and she talks over and over about how plain she is, how ordinary she is, how clumsy she is. There's nothing special about her. And I've read, you know, because I was a teenager when these books came out, and I loved them, to be honest. And I think part of it was we all like to think that we are the one that is plain and ordinary but still desirable or cool or sought after. Um, And there are some theories that um, when I was in college, we had a communications class that actually talked about Twilight And there are theories of why it's so popular, and that is one of the theories, is that people can identify with the desire of being the one person that is sought out. Um, You know, this is the plot in a thousand romantic comedies. The one person who leaves you, who leaves um, the person um, at the altar is the one that you want. However, you're missing the nerdy best friend who's right there the whole time. In songs, um, there are songs about this, of course, from the romantic perspective, but also um, worship songs that are about this from the biblical perspective. The song Reckless Love is literally about this passage. Um, You you might recognize the lyrics. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it, still you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. And this song, every time we sing it at church, I love it. It gets me every time, it makes me teary-eyed. But again, it's about that one, and it's about the one sheep that gets away, that left the flock, and it's not about the ones that stayed. It's not about the 99 that didn't leave. So we don't know much about the situation that Jesus is talking about here. We don't know why the sheep left, whether it was to look for literally greener pastures, you know, maybe there was some good-looking grass or something farther away, or whether the sheep, you know, I don't know, was chasing a better-looking shepherd or something. But um, we know that one sheep did leave, and the passage shares that that the owner is happier about that one sheep than about the 99. So, question that is not rhetorical. What characteristics do you think of when you hear of the one sheep that left the flock? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Holly's saying it's like the prodigal son 
the wild sheep that ran off and left the situation. Any other thoughts? So Caitlin said that if you take it literally, it's of course a sheep that is, you know, just an animal that wanted to run away. But if it was a metaphorical person, someone may be confused or unsure. Yeah, thank y'all. What about the 99 sheep that didn't leave? What characteristics do y'all think of when you hear of that? Mm-hmm. Happy being in the group. Yeah, steadfast, committed, happy being in the group. When I think about the 99 sheep, I think of rule followers, consistent, and honestly maybe boring. I mean, there's a reason why it is an insult to call someone a sheep, um, because it means that you blindly follow the masses. And when I think of the one sheep, I think of someone who's independent, a free thinker, and then if we think about it from a personal perspective, maybe they're being selfish because they're following their own desires and not that of the community, which is the whole flock. Um, So I'd like for us to think about if we relate more in this season of life to the one sheep or the 99 sheep, because... Right now in my life, I definitely relate more to the 99 sheep. I think of all of the ways that I'm doing everything quote-unquote right, that I'm following all the rules, that I am, you know, doing what I feel like God is asking me to do. And I probably always relate more to the 99, but I think especially at this season of life I do. I remember hearing sermons in youth group in high school about, you know, confessing sins. And I can honestly count the times on one hand that I've purposefully left the flock, um, metaphorically. And I remember just looking around a little embarrassed that I had never been invited to a pasture party that other kids were confessing to. You can tell I'm from a small town when I say pasture party. It was literally in a pasture. Um, But I was never invited. Um, But when I think about being the 99 now as an adult, I honestly think about how it feels to maybe make sacrifices when you don't feel like anyone else is. So you're making sacrifices to stay with the flock. You're trying to take care of your community. And um, sometimes I feel frustrated when I see the one person that is leaving to do whatever they want in my eyes, but I also don't really know their story. And I'm trying to have more empathy for the one person that is, you know, doing whatever they need because God loves them. And when I hear the scripture, you know, God or the owner, um, you know, is so happy about finding that person and about leaving to go get that person and bring them back into the flock and into the community. So what can I do to also have that same heart for bringing people into the community and bringing them in, even if they're doing things differently than me or doing things that I might not agree with. Um, And just my 
personality, an Enneagram number, I feel frustrated and sometimes anger, if I'm honest, when I don't feel that people are doing things the right way for the betterment of the whole group. Um, So when I was just thinking about the structure, that just really is what stood out to me, to be honest, that I got frustrated about it, that people don't put in the same amount of effort as me, when I don't see people doing things that, you know, are truly better for the community. And, you know, if we're honest, like, how dare the owner be happier about that one sheep than about the 99? And this is just me being totally honest, that it made me angry when I thought about it. Um, And if left unchecked in these situations, personally, I can get resentful and bitter, which is not godly, not loving, not the person that I want to be, not thinking about the rest of the flock. And I know that this is a pride thing, Um, you know, that I'm working harder than others, I'm giving more up, I'm doing more, which is about me, and it's not about, you know, what's, what the whole group is doing, or about having a true heart and empathy for others, and it's not about how my actions actually benefit the 99 of the flock. So, regardless of if we feel like we're the one or the 99 in this season, I'm praying for all of us to have empathy toward each other and toward ourselves because in the message it shows that the owner cares about all of his sheep regardless of if you're the one or the 99. So whether you feel anger like I do about being one of the 99 who is left while the owner goes to get the one while you do everything right in your, in your mind do everything right and stay in, in line or if you feel anger about being the one and being judged or treated differently, then this prayer is for you. This prayer is for the anger that we hold. And I know we don't usually talk about anger at church, but this sermon, or this scripture, excuse me, really did make me feel this, if I'm honest. Um, So I really felt led to share this this, um, prayer for us. A prayer for the anger we hold. Oh God, we are angry. We are tired and frustrated with the world, with others, and even with ourselves. Help us know when to flip tables and when to step away and limp to you. Like a loving parent, you welcome us into your arms. We scream and beat our fists into your chest, and still you hold us. Your love stretched wide and tight around us. Oh God, if sad looks like mad, we are weeping under every scream. And sometimes this current flows into our homes and into those we love. Help us discern righteous anger from our own personal rage so that our anger will teach us but not control us. Help us acknowledge our anger but not dwell in it so that our anger will lead us into healing instead of into harm. Give us wisdom and peace, O God, as we give our fire to you. So Lord, I ask that no matter who we identify with more in this passage, whether it's the one sheep or the 99 sheep, that you can soften our hearts to each other and to ourselves, to those that we might not feel like are trying, or to those that are with us trying just as hard as us that might be feeling anger as well. And because I can't do a sermon without reading a poem, here is a poem for the one fighting the good fight. This is by Morgan Harper Nichols, who's one of my favorite poets. Um, I highly recommend following her on Instagram. She's also an artist and does art that goes along with her poetry, but this is for the one fighting the good fight. I have this crazy hope that these walls can be painted, 
in colors so bright that all they see in you is light. Burdened by shadows no more, I hope you can walk through these doors, anchored to hope and eternal love, protected, guided, held forever. And even when their words pierce beneath your toughest skin, I hope you know they cannot dim the hope, the light burning within.